0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip is my guest. And there's my uh, ghetto music again because my good machine is not working. Anyway, I got to tell you, uh, I talked to lovely Joanne to the airport today. And that means one thing. And that means all week I can eat salmon. I don't know why. She loves seafood. She loves she loves sushi salmon, but she cannot eat. Cooked salmon, and I love it. And I always say to her, I go, how can you not eat it? And she goes, it tastes too fishy. I'm like, but you eat the salmon that's sushi. It doesn't get fishier than sushi that's raw. And she'll eat oysters, she'll eat clams, but she won't eat the salmon. So she's going for a week, and I'm hoping Ralph or, or Sprouse has a sale for salmon because I'll buy like a pound because I'll eat that like every other <laughs> night. I may even eat it for lunch. Anyway, enough about that, me and my salmon. We have a great show today. Our guest, my guest is, uh, well, she's not only a great actor, she's a singer. She's a writer. She's a director. She's a producer. She's basically wears like five hats. She probably does other stuff. She I paint does,
1: too. I'm a are painter. Are you painting too? So there yeah, you yeah, go. I guess
0: Julie Brown. How are you doing, Julie?
1: I'm good. How are you? So you're.
0: How long have you been painting?
1: Well, you know the thing is, I wish I was painting more, but I I've just been painting kind of on and off my whole life. And my biggest masterpiece, even though it's a complete copy, is um on my living room. You know, the, you have a big wall. There's a right. big blank wall. I took and I sketched out Van Gogh's Irises. So I have like a ten foot version of Van Gogh's irises that I painted, but I made part of it up myself. So it's a co- it's a it's really great, but and it's a copy too because I didn't invent it, but I still painted
0: it. And, but you you made some you made some of your own. flowers. I made some
1: of my own flowers. I did some like I didn't just copy it exactly. So
0: it's like a cover song. Yes, it's but, a cover
1: painting. And you
0: had like a little bit of yes. a, a little improv guitar there. Yes,
1: exactly, and it's really beautiful. And I'm so I want to do more painting, but painting is one of those things like you really have to have everything else has to be done kind of you don't just start painting when you have stuff to do
0: it's like a jigsaw puzzle you have, yeah. to, have to take the time because it takes up you space you
1: really do i i want to do jigsaw puzzles too that See, sounds so relaxing doesn't they it? are
0: i mean but but I know. but if you're high i'm sort of high strung so when you can't find one piece you start freaking out and then oh, this relaxing oh, thing then i
1: better not do it yeah exactly yeah that's that sounds awful
0: now how long did that big painting take for you to paint um
1: like maybe two months.
0: And so what made you, did something just sit there? Do you say, okay, you look at your wall. Yeah. I was, I I, I
1: was ending a relationship and I wanted to do something that was kind of radical in the room you know, that we were in all the time. And it seemed really radical and it kind of still seems that way, you know, to to make a 10 foot painting that takes up one whole wall. So that's what inspired it.
0: And so now when you love it, do you feel freedom from it when you see it?
1: Yeah, I love it. I still love it. And, um, um, I want to do more. Like I want to, you know, just cover other walls with other cover paintings.
0: <laughs> see, that's cool though, because yeah. you can sit there and you can sit there and go, okay, let's see. I want to do ballerina, so you can get a Degas book. Yeah. You look and you go, Degas in the in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, how great would that be? That'd be great. I know. So I'm I'm really thinking about it right now, like doing another
0: one. Are you happy of how it came out? I mean, you sit there and go, this is a good piece of work.
1: Yes, and people love it. And people are the other thing that's really great when people find out I did it, they're so amazed. Because, you know, like, they just don't think that you do it. So I'm like, yeah, I did it. And they're like, that's amazing. So it's, it's it gets that. It has a wow factor that
0: way. And it's gutsy because you, it's your wall. So you, yeah, So right? the pressure's on you because yeah. if, if it comes out bad, horrible. people are going to go, I know, you know, oh, it was my really God. Funny? I
1: had this one boyfriend and he'd heard about it that, you know, he thought it was really awesome because my girlfriend had said she did Van Gogh's irises on her, on her wall. So on his way over to my house, the first time he, he suddenly got panicked thinking, what if it's horrible? What am I supposed to do? I mean, he assumed it was going to be good, and he said, "Luckily, it was good." But he had this moment where he thought, "What if it's just like the worst thing?"
0: And you can't say that because it's you on say? your wall. Yeah, yeah. So. So I got to ask you. Now you're from California. Uh-huh. You grew up in Van Nuys, I believe. Uh-huh. Now, and your your career is, I mean, from the songs and from the acting and the yeah. writing. When you were a kid, were you creative? I mean, how did you sit there? Yeah,
1: really creative. I always had projects going on. Like what?
0: Like you're a little kid, like you're five years Uh, old. What's a project that a little five-year-old Julie Brown has?
1: I did shows for my parents. I would be always building something like characters, like, you know what I mean? Like out of puppets, out of things. I just remember I always had to have a project. And I still sort of am like that. And when I don't have one, it makes me. I think I, I get very anxious. Do you? I think it makes me feel calm.
0: See, that's why the painting came good because if you don't have a project, boom, you automatically have a project.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it is one of those things. I mean, I've tried to analyze this, of course, but I think it's it's a focus so that you don't have to, I think, deal with whatever else is going on in your in your life or your brain. But it's also really great because it's creative and you get a lot of get a lot out of it when you finish something.
0: So you're a kid. You're making projects. And then what point did you sit there and go, okay, this is going to be my life. I mean, when we're five, we can do oh, stuff. Oh no, but... that
1: took a long time.
0: So uh, what were you like in high school?
1: I did plays and, but I didn't think I, and I wrote music. We did musicals and, but I didn't think I could do that with my life. Cause probably cause my parents told me I couldn't, um, you know, cause th- my whole family's been in show business. Like, you know, my grandfather was, my great grandfather was an actor and a director and my, my father, it's funny, we're, we're dry. I was driving over here. My father worked at NBC the whole time I was growing up. And then my parents met at NBC in Hollywood. Okay. So when it was in Hollywood years ago. And my uncles are film editors. So they just, they grew up here too, which is kind of rare. And they knew too many kid actors and people in show business. And they said, you can't go into show business. So I didn't think I could do it until I was in college. And I went, I'm going to do it no matter what. Because I have to.
0: Now, where, where did you go to college? And what was I went your to major? Valley College. Okay. Valley that's...
1: College. Is that in Valley Village? It's well, it's on. Let's see, it's on Fulton and Oxnard. Okay. L.A. Valley College. So
0: what? What was your major? Theater. Okay, so so you were saying I'm going.
1: Well, the first one I went to Northridge. You know where Northridge is, right? I was an anthropology major because of my parents, and then I went. This is so sucky, I can't even handle (laughs) it. So then I became theater major. Then I transferred, and Valley College was a fantastic school. Had a great time there. You could just sort of do anything you wanted. And I directed, and I was in stuff, and it was fantastic. And then I went to ACT, you know, in San Francisco, the American Conservatory Theater, that school, and that was great, too. And then, at that point, I wrote an original show with Charlie Coffey, who became my writing partner, and then we started performing at clubs in San Francisco.
0: Now, what was the show called?
1: Uh... Atomic comedy
0: and now how did you come up with the idea to write that and did you have characters? Well, we
1: did see he was a third year student. I was a second year student And it was the first time they had third year students and they were supposed to do a project Most everybody was doing like something really serious like Ibsen or Shakespeare's wives or something really So we were very influenced at that point a while ago by Saturday Night Live.
0: Well, everyone, you know, everyone's yeah. influenced by it. And it's like, yes. it was such a great time. I mean, it I just watched such a great I watched CNN the 70s. That's a mm-hmm. series just started. They did about the TV of the 70s and just Norman Lear and all that. Right. They did a sub part on Saturday Night Live. And you remember it. You watched, I mean, as you know, you, so everybody watched that. And you were like, right? you wanted to be Bill Murray or you wanted to be yeah. Chevy Chase.
1: It was so influential. So we just started writing our own original stuff like that, you know, that was inspired by that. Um, so... That's what the show was. And people, the thing that was funny is like all the third year students did their projects and we did ours and people went insane for our project. So we got booked in a comedy club before we even graduated. And then I was going, this is really fun. I mean, this is way more fun than everything else. And finally, I decided that's what I was going to do. You know, I I mean, it was weird because nobody was doing that. You know what I mean? Nobody was going, everybody in the world I was in was going into regional theater, doing serious stuff and they weren't doing Original comedy, you know, so then I moved back to LA and of course people are doing it down here,
0: right? So now where do you start out? Where do you, where do you follow this? Because Uh, you said it is different. Where did we
1: go? We we first started trying to work at clubs down here and the interesting thing was harder than San Francisco because the audience wasn't as smart.
0: Yeah, Everyone says everyone says for comedy, you know, Boston and San Francisco are
1: the, yes. some of the hippest
0: crowds because Boston has so many colleges and kids and very intellectual colleges and yes. people get it. And San Francisco is just hip.
1: Yeah, it's really true, though. I mean, the same material that we were doing in San Francisco, you try to do it down here and people wouldn't understand your references. You know, so it was like it was hard. But I mean, I kept doing it and you, then you adapt. And But then I stopped being a comedy team. He didn't want to do it anymore, so I had to go by myself.
0: So you started doing stand up on your own. I just
1: started doing stand up on my own, and I was in some groups, but mostly I did stand up on my own, which is, you know, insane. How Have did you done like that?
0: that? I did it for, I did it professionally on the road from '88 to '95.
1: Oh my god! So, okay, so a I, lot. So you yeah, I did it, more it a than lot. Me. I mean,
0: I did it. I mean, I, I got out of college, and two years later, oh I started god. doing it. And it is, I mean, it's it's different, and I can just imagine. Like, I was in Philadelphia, so we had a great group of comics, and we were yeah. all tight. There's only like 25 of us in LA. Right. There's probably tons.
1: There's tons. Yeah. yeah And
0: when you started out, I mean it must have been a uh, it must have been scary because back then I always say You know when I was doing stand-up there wasn't a lot of women there, uh, there
1: weren't a lot of women There were it, very few women so it was it was weird to be a woman doing it It was very weird and even like what was gonna be my attitude Because a lot of at that point there was a lot of the attitude that most of the women had was very self-deprecating right
0: yeah, so yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It was very, but because but no one, because men didn't understand that a woman was on stage. I think that was, I think it was, the woman had to play to the male a lot because right. a lot of comedy club crowds, you know, there's a lot of insecure guys yeah. there. I mean, you sit there, I remember telling jokes when I was, had hair and I was this handsome guy on stage and, and, you know, a girl would be looking and laughing and you'd be guys would get pissed because really? the girls, but they'd yeah. be like, oh, you know, I'm funnier than that guy. Yeah, and that's how, yeah. like, a guy would heckle yeah. you. But for a woman, it must have been harder because people, mm-hmm. the guys don't know how to,
1: it was Do weird. It. I had to, like, affect a character. So at that point, I this is before the song Valley Girl came out. I right. was doing the Valley Girl.
0: And now, did you learn from that from just growing up with Valley Girls? Yeah, or, and yeah, because I
1: really was a Valley Girl.
0: But did you, you didn't talk like that, though, really? real yeah. life. Yeah,
1: well, I did, kind of. So you just... But, I mean, I was exaggerating, okay. it too. So my character sort of became a Valley Girl, and then the song came out, and I was completely devastated, right? I'm like, oh, my God, they just took my whole thing. But then I thought about it, and I went... No, they, she doesn't really own that character for good, right? Like, and I can do it. And then I started thinking, because when I first had done my act with Charlie in San Francisco, we did a lot of music. And um, so I went, what if I made, put more music in my act? So I was thinking, I was thinking about that for a long time. Then I thought of the song, The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, which is kind of a Valley Girl character who, who is, has a story. And so I started putting music in my act, and that changed everything.
0: Now, how did you come up with that idea? Just for the fact that it is music, it is singing, and I know you did musicals, but with stand-up comedy, once again, musical comedy. You know, I know Doctor Demento played your song a lot, yeah, and a that's lot. What, what we would yeah. listen. My older brother would turn me to that, and we would listen yeah. to Doctor Demento. But there wasn't a lot of musical. You weren't used to seeing a musical act on stage during no, comedy, no. and to boot, a female musical act. So that must have been, I mean, very innovative at the time. And how did you sit there and say, I mean? basically how do you sit there and go, okay I'm gonna put this song together and then how did you play it on stage did you bring a band up or how did you do it
1: no I mostly used the tracks okay and it was it was more like I wasn't trying to be innovative I was just trying to do something that would seem funny to me and be interesting and you know when you're when you're that age you know when you're really young you are willing to try whatever right
0: Oh well, yeah, you, you don't I mean, we don't used to know say, any better. Yeah, we used to have this 16-year-old kid, this kid Ronnie Long, would come into the clubs in Philly, and he would do stuff, and some was funny, but some wasn't, and I'll be honest, but he didn't care, and all of us were older, you know, older, 23, 24, that yeah. were actually getting a career going doing comedy where right. we had to depend on certain money so you couldn't be as free, yeah. and when you're 16, you have no fear. What's the worst thing you're going to do? Yeah. Go back and take a geometry test. Right, you know?
1: yeah, bomb, I and mean, it's yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen. So, I remember the first time I ever performed Homecoming Queen live was, this was so stupid, but Bud Friedman hired me to um, perform at a bar, he asked me to come perform at a bar mitzvah that was happening at the improv, a bar mitzvah. Okay. And I performed the Homecoming Queen's Got a
0: Gun. And how did they react?
1: They were horrified and shocked and confused. (laughs) And I'm kind of, I mean, I always thought, what was I thinking? I think I was just really excited because I just finished the song and I had the track. So I did it, but I'm like, just insane.
0: So when did that song start getting heat? Because it became big, everybody knows the song. I mean, you know, you sit there, everyone, I mean, if you're over 40, everybody knows that song.
1: Yeah. Um, When did
0: that start becoming big? It it it
1: became a thing because my first husband and I produced it. Okay. And he was sending it to radio stations. And I'm trying to think who was the first radio station that picked up on it. It could have been a radio station in Florida, but they, they picked up, I know, I like them big and stupid, which is on the other side, but it's. It just got like radio stations started playing it. Then another one, you know, because they, they, at that point, they trade information and, and K rock, uh, really played it. So it sort of just skipped around to radio stations as this insane novelty song. And then that's what happened with it.
0: And now you made a video.
1: We made a video, which was really weird. This guy called us up and said, "I'll give you the money to do a video," which is really insane.
0: And videos weren't—I mean, well, it's so funny. Videos were huge then. I mean, yeah. I mean, videos—if you had a video on MTV,
1: yeah—everyone
0: went, "Oh my god, that's on MTV!" Yeah. And and if if someone like if one person liked that video, they would tell their friends, "Oh my god, you see this?"
1: I know it was fantastic. Um, it was really weird. This guy wanted—he wanted a directing credit, so he was willing to finance it, but he was also willing to. Because we wrote it out. I mean, I wrote it out shot by shot. Like so you, how I, you
0: had the whole vision I of it. I storyboarded
1: the whole thing. And he was willing to shoot it the way we wanted to shoot it, which is crazy. But he got the directing credit, even though at, right now, I don't even remember his
0: name. Okay, um, let's see that. Because yeah. it was all your work. It was, it was just a guy like, who hit yeah, on you. It was a guy, he, yeah. hit, he hit up with the idea. He hit on you guys. He said, hey, he we, I'm going to do it. this. And he wanted to pay for it. So you're like, yeah. all right. And
1: he got the credit. And I don't know if he did anything with it, but that's what happened.
0: So now the the song becomes a hit. The video becomes a hit. Yeah. So what's that do for you? I mean, people probably start recognizing you. They probably sit there and they don't don't know. I mean, how does it, because your life just changed.
1: My life did change a lot. That whole album changed my life because um, some of the other songs got on the radio. But the biggest thing that happened was Warner Brothers called me up and said, I had a meeting with them and they go, do you, these songs are so theatrical. Do you have any other movie ideas? Do you have any movie ideas? So um, while we were writing the song Earth Girls Are Easy, we had thought of the movie. So I went in and pitched it to them and they bought it right there in the room for me to star in, which like none of those things happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so funny. It's like the, it's like one of those Hollywood stories. Yeah, like completely. You, you a song, the video came out because someone called you. Yeah.
1: It, it's really weird. And then
0: it just hit. It so. just
1: hit. This is why, like when people tell me, how do you get in show business? I go, there's no pattern. There's nothing. All you have to do is try everything you can think of. I mean, right? Oh, like, yeah, well, who would have thought that a song that you wrote, like a, a insane song, would be the thing that made your career happen, right?
0: Oh yeah, well, it's just it makes sense. sense. But it actually it came from something in your comedy act, because you didn't know which way you wanted to go with your comedy mm-hmm. act. And if and you and if you think about it, this may. Sound, but if Valley Girl didn't come out, you may have kept doing that I character, know, and nothing may have. You may have never written that song. I know song. Valley it
1: Girl just, did inspire me to do the song. Right. I was like so upset, then I went, why can't I do a song? Yeah.
0: And so that's, yeah. what, it's just weird. You're right. It's so many times I hear that people say, it's just an instance, you know, it may be just something where you yeah. decide I'm not going to send, you know, I'm just going to send them a videotape of this audition instead of going, cause I don't want to, and then yeah. they get booked on the part and then their whole life changes.
1: Yeah. You just, but you just have to try whatever you can think of and kind of don't give up. I mean, those are the only, that's kind of the only advice you can give anyone because what's the pattern? I, I don't think one person has the same pattern of how they, Got into show business, right? Oh yeah, it well,
0: it's all—it's all—it's—it's all, it's, it's like anything, in life. yeah. It's like you know, it's same thing happens with lawyers who get a, a good job at a good law firm. Yeah. It's just in certain things happen. It's the yeah. motion, the wheels get in motion. So the wheels get in motion with you, and the movie comes out. So now you sit there, now you. Well, you,
1: well before the movie came out, I got the write. MTV show, and I got a deal for another album because they had to take my album off the market. So I got a deal to do uh, this album, "Trapped in the Body of a White Girl," which had other stuff on it. And then I got to do another video from that. So it, that, but it was the actual deal and that whole thing happening that made everything happen.
0: Now, when you sit there and you have the deal, and it was just a movie idea. Yeah. And now you have to write a screenplay. Right. Now, had you written a screenplay before? Never. Did you have any? Did you sit there and did you have to go get like?
1: I went and bought some books.
0: Everyone buys. And you know, it's funny. Everyone, I did, I've done a, I've done a screenplay. Everyone buys Sid Field. Yes. And I always sit there. It's a. It's a. I guess it's a great book, but I always think, well, if Sid Field was such a great screenwriter. Why doesn't he have any screenplays? Like, well,
1: he might not have had any original ideas.
0: Exactly, because I like William Goldman. I read about yeah, this in a screenplay, yeah. which I'm like, okay, he's written this great yeah. stuff. So you get the book, and it's not like now. I always tell people. I remember my first script I ever wrote was on a, I like a brother word processor. I had no idea what how to format it, and there wasn't. I mean, how did you how did you decide? Did you know how long it was supposed to be? Or... Um.
1: Oh, sorry, that's my phone. Oh, I'll it. Right. Turn off. Um. You know what? I just figured. I sort of... You know, because we'd written so many sketches... I'm so sorry, my phone's ringing. It's okay. Um, Because we'd written so many sketches, I sort of had a feeling about how a scene was supposed to be, you know, that it had to... And especially a comedy, that it had to end on a joke or something. And um, I knew it was supposed to be about 110 pages. And we just started writing it. I just had a little... I had faith that I would figure it out. Plus, you know, in the pitching of it, we had figured out the story. So I... I just had to go on faith, I think,
0: and it's amazing that it's one of the, you got you got the deal, but it actually then it got made, which know, you always yeah. hear so many times, yeah. first time script eh, like, So now it's going to get made. I mean, what is that doing because you're in it, yeah, but it's, it was it.
1: A, there was also a lot of terrible stuff that happened like what? Well, I was originally supposed to star in it, okay, right? And so we're writing it for like two and a half years, and so many rewrites, so many reasons it's getting rewritten, and you're kind of it's so discouraging. Then finally, when it gets near the like close to what they're happy with, they say, um, "Okay, you can't star in it because you're not a big enough star for this budget." You see what I mean? So. So that's
0: that's that's. I mean, it's a slap in the face, even though it was it's
1: horrible. So, I mean,
0: that must make you feel. And you're younger. Oh,
1: oh no, I was so devastated. And you're, and I did And know. you're
0: green in the business. Yeah. I mean, so they say that. I mean, how do you deal with
1: that? I I was just got really really depressed and I was like, so bummed out and then. I came up with the only thing I could think of, which was to make my part the second lead, which was originally her gay best friend, which was, you know, that was kind of innovative at that point. Yeah, because it
0: wasn't gay. It wasn't a gay
1: best friend then, but it was in our script, so we changed it to the character I ended up doing. And, but it was very, I was so devastated. Oh my God, I was like a wreck.
0: Well, it's like saying, it's like this project, they take such liking in you to give you the deal and the yeah. movie the is going to be made now. It's not yeah, like, so they, like take it. It, they like it, They like you. Yeah. But they don't like you that way. And then you're probably going to hell with them. But but then again, you were getting a movie made.
1: Yes. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't get them to not make the movie. No, I could have, I could have made them not make the movie. That's right. That's the way my deal read. But Bernie Brillstein, you know, Bernie Brillstein was my manager. He's like, that's not going to help you. So you have to figure this out. So I rewrote it with myself as the second lead. I mean, the second girl lead. And that's how it came out. I mean, in the long run, it's all fine, but it was very—the process was very just oh, excruciating.
0: And it's a, well, the casting—I mean, it's like you know, with Jim Carrey and David Lynch, no one really knew who they were that no, then. No, I
1: know, I know. Now,
0: did you have—did you know—did did you know of them? I
1: knew Jim from um, the Improv. I've seen—I'd seen him at the Improv, and I, it was funny. It's like his act. you remember his act early on? It was a lot of
0: impressions, right?
1: impressions and it was kind of these exaggerated impressions and i thought it was a little bit creepy okay (laughs) right i did and they're like and then i went but you know for when they told me that they're really thinking of him for the alien i went you know that kind of works because he's an alien you know so you kind of it makes sense right um and i didn't know damon i didn't know i knew of jeff i knew of jeff goldblum and gina davis but i didn't know them and they were they came as a kind of team because they were a couple they were dating
0: yeah okay they were
1: and they later got married
0: did they? I don't yeah, know. Got... I know she married Rennie Harlan. Yeah,
1: she. Yeah, I don't know. Did... I don't... I... Yeah, no. She got married to Jeff,
0: didn't she? did she? She might have. I don't no, know. No, I
1: think she did for so, a brief time.
0: Well, what's that like? They come on the set. They're a couple. They were awful. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> no, because they're big names. You wrote it. I mean, the bottom yeah, line is yeah. you're in it, and it's the one thing everyone knows. You know, writers get treated like crap a lot. That's that's right. a known thing. But when you're the writer and you're also in the movie, and if people, it must. You're right there. Like if, if you're, you're in it, it's not like you're sitting there or the writer watching it. You're in this. So yeah. I mean, what do you, I mean, if they're screwing up your lines,
1: it was really awful and why? I, and I, I didn't know enough to know that this is just what happens, right? That was the, that was one of the other things. I didn't know that things change and, you know, actors screw things up and I, I just didn't know. I was just kind of mad a lot of times. I was like, these fucking actors, right. <laughs> like, why are they changing it? Um, and then Jeff and Gina were in this middle of this insane relationship. So they would be like making out on the set in front of everybody. And you're going just like it, it was, it was insane. So it was frustrating. And the other thing is Jeff, um, no, Jim and Damon, they had never, they had, they hadn't acted much. So Jeff Goldblum was sort of coaching them. So he was doing this really weird thing where he would have them, he would read Shakespeare at the top of his lungs before a take and he encouraged them to talk and you know make noise and be weird like so right before you're ready to do a take it would be just like this loud insane noise. and i was going oh, this is the worst so you know but i didn't i just didn't know better
0: so but the movie comes out yeah and people loved it it had a it had a cult well, following it,
1: it does you know when it, did, when it first came out it didn't do that well but when it got on tv which happened pretty quick then it got... People loved it. And it got a cult following once it was on TV. And it's been on TV ever since. Forever.
0: So now, now at that point, people must really be starting to recognize you. Now, how yeah. how, how, does that, you know... Be... Mostly
1: people recognize me at this point because of MTV.
0: Okay. Now, the MTV was your show. Yeah. And when, now, I always say you're the original Julie Brown. Thank you. And you've probably heard that... I mean, that's the weirdest thing they could ever do for marketing. Have two people, you yeah. know, on the same... But it was
1: really coincidental, honestly. She was really actually on before me okay she was in New York and she had Club MTV I believe and then I came on to do this guest star thing you know just to promote my album and I was I decided to make fun of all the videos which because I thought I'm not gonna say they're great and I thought they'll either love me or they'll hype me one or the other right and they liked it a lot so they started they had me go on Club MTV and they had me do guest star things so it was really just coincidental that we were both Julie Brown I just. but it became like yeah, It is frustrating because the fact that she's downtown Julie Brown and we were on at the same time, people think I'm downtown Julie Brown. That happens all the time.
0: And you're Miss Julie Brown.
1: Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just Julie Brown. I know, but they have, yeah. but
0: you're for Twitter and they, they call, said because they oh, had yes. to, they had yeah. to call you that because yeah. it had to, it had to change and it's, it's, it must be a pain in the ass.
1: It is pain in the ass. You're like, is that going to ever like go away? But it's kind of like now I just go whatever because it's been too long. Right. Right. So well, like, yeah,
0: I, you know it's like you're Julie Brown.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. to me you're Julie yeah, Brown. Yeah, and I'm Julie Brown in all the unions. So uh, yeah, she's she not, that's good.
0: And the thing is though, because you've written and done all that stuff, in yes, unions, she hasn't. So and acted
1: even. I mean, she, you know, she hasn't in, acted. yeah, has she? no, no she's
0: not she 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 What does she do now? I don't even know. She,
1: you know what she does? She actually has a radio show. Okay. On Sirius, where she does like 90s, like like a 90s music. And honestly, she's a really nice girl. Well, you guys,
0: too. you guys were judges on the Drag Race. Yes,
1: weren't you? we were. Yeah. Now, now,
0: how did that happen? Did you, did you guys no, know? No, you or? know
1: what? That that was actually kind of pissed me off a little bit because they didn't tell us. Not that that's not that that's a problem, because I like her and she's very nice. But they
0: should tell you. They you should both have told us
1: that we were that they were doing Damn that. Producers. They didn't tell us till we showed up, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, so. That was weird.
0: So, the MTV start taking off. Now, I know you did the Madonna. Why did you start getting into the Madonna impressions? And you did that whole video. That happened
1: right after that.
0: So, that happened right after? Yeah,
1: I'm trying to remember. I got a showtime. I got a deal to do a showtime special. I mean, I had a lot of stuff going on right then, right? You know, I had the MTV show, um, Earth Girls. I'm trying to remember the order of things. First, we filmed Earth Girls. Then it came out. Then I had the showtime special.
0: Which was you doing?
1: Yeah, Madonna. Medusa, right. Medusa. Now, how did
0: you come up with that character just because you
1: well, I, I just I just thought it was really fun. I just wanted to make fun of her so bad.
0: Did, you, and I had, did, she, did she ever meet you or
1: No, she never met me, but she, she had her manager call my wait her manager or her agent called my manager and said she really liked it. But then I heard later that she really hated the um dance the scene where the dancers sue her and then scene. there's a scene where she digs up her she goes into her mother's grave do you remember that no she goes into her mother's (laughs) grave and she's rolling around on it it's so weird and i did a scene where i went to see my dead dog and i dug him up and she didn't like that that's what i've heard but i've never (laughs) met her and i would love to meet her
0: well you wrote and directed that right
1: no well i kind of did not officially but unofficially
0: but i thought you got so i don't
1: have directing credit i um John Fortenberry does, but like I did stuff even before he showed up, but I just didn't take credit. Now so I'm that, taking it right now.
0: Taking it right now. Now it must be weird though, cause you're sitting there and you're doing this show and it's a mock on someone who's yeah. very popular and just, I mean, how did you, I, how did you come up with the character? I mean, just cause you wanted to make fun of her, but a lot of people want to make fun of people and they'll, tweet something right, nowadays, yeah. but they don't have the balls to sit there and go, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually do a whole, not just like go no, onto a show, you're doing elaborate. a whole elaborate thing. I mean, and how did, how did you sit there where people backed you for it? How did Showtime say, okay, this is, you, you can do this.
1: I don't know because you really can't get things like that right now. Those kinds of specials and stuff don't, they don't quite exist. You know what I mean? I mean, probably, probably Amy Schumer could get comedy central to do something like that. But then they were giving them to people, like just comedy specials that had money as opposed to just being in a stand-up club. Um, I'm trying to remember how it evolved. I had the deal, and I pitched it to them, and they they just believed I could do it. And we wrote the script, and they totally loved the script, and they just financed it. So it's kind of like, there was a more magical time as far as financing in the 80s, like you could sell shows easier. It was easier. Okay. It really was easier.
0: Well, they say, well, it's also with comics. I mean, comics were getting development deals left and right. Yeah. People would say, oh, wow, you had a good five-minute set. Yeah, Here I, you go. I had
1: many development deals and pilots. I've had like four or five of them.
0: So now when you, you know got, what I mean? when you were in those pilots, were any of them your idea or uh, were you just the talent? I mean, did any yeah, of them?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I did one for CBS called Julie Brown, the show that was kind of the, like the Gary Shandling show and almost got picked up. I was, I it was a person with a talk show and with the backstage thing. And that was my idea. And I wrote that with s- some people, but it didn't get picked up, which was a bummer. Um, the, I did the show called the edge, which actually went on mm-hmm. the air and I wrote a lot of the sketches in that. Um, I don't know if that was on Fox in mm-hmm. 90, 91, 92. And I wrote a lot of that. So stuff was my idea
0: so you right. so you sat there because you've always you've always written I mean yeah. you've always kept that right. certain parallel where you want to be in the front of the camera yeah. but it's fine because you can write it and but sometimes that must be frustrating when if let's say a show doesn't get picked up that's your idea because you're talented enough where they give you the deal yeah and then it's not just you acting it's your writing so sometimes is it did it depress you a little oh, bit because it's it was so depressing because it's two it's, things you
1: know it's I think it's more depressing than just when you they don't pick up an acting thing, it's because it is your idea. So you're you're devastated on I guess on several levels, right?
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's like anything. It's up, you're getting both you're getting both the right the the, the slap. But then again, I always say this because I have people come on with, you know so many people. People don't understand it. Listeners don't understand that So many actors and performers have had pilots that some people have done. I have one guy who was, he did like a pilot for nine seasons in a row.
1: Yeah. And
0: none of them got picked up. Yeah. But I always say just the fact that you're getting a pilot shows that you have talent. Now, that, that's the yeah. thing. And that's why, of course, you're going to be depressed. It doesn't get picked up. Yeah. But you should be so happy because you're one in a million. And for you to sit there and be able to get a pilot and help write it, you're you're branching two stones yeah. even if it doesn't get picked up.
1: It's weird, though. You don't think that way while it's happening. You don't think, I'm so lucky. You're kind of so focused on making the thing happen. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, well, you, and the idea is so big in your head that you think, of course, it's supposed to happen. That's part of it. You're like, of course, this is supposed to happen.
0: Now, yeah. Right? But, yeah, but because yeah, you're sitting there and it's, you, of it's course so real you, in your head. You've, uh, you've given your
1: uh-huh. blood,
0: sweat, and tears. I mean, it's been your passion. And right. then you sit there and you're not thinking, okay, you're thinking in the long run. You're not sitting there yeah. going, okay, I'll just write this one pilot and I won't care about the rest. You're thinking in the long run.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. You're just right there in the moment. Um, And then I did Strip Mall. Did you ever, do you remember Strip Mall? Yeah. That was for Comedy Central. And that was, me and Charlie thought of that. And that was on for two seasons. So, like, yeah, I mean, I got stuff made. And a lot of stuff, you know, people remember and like. And I'm really proud of it. So you do, I mean, I know when I look back now, I go, I really should feel really good about that. Well, yeah, because well, all the people that never had one pilot ever, right?
0: And all the people that, you know, also, I know, I don't, I mean, I've had musicians on my show who have been in videos, but you had a whole video surrounding around you.
1: Yeah, I had a couple
0: of them. Yeah. So now when, when did you, the music, when you're doing all this, when you're writing and you're acting, do you make time for music still? Or do you sit there and go, I'm You know hard what? That? I
1: did an album about, let's see, how many years ago was it? four years ago, I decided I'm going to do another comedy music album. And it's called um, Smell the Glamour. And I have some original songs on there. And I have some mixes of stuff that never was put out, like some of the Medusa stuff that was never put out. And let's see. And just other stuff that, like, I hadn't put out. But now, right now, I'm not really making time for music. I mean, that was really fun. But I was like, I don't know if that's exactly what I want to do, like do original comedy well, how do you stuff? how do you
0: come up, I mean, it's like anything, you know, like Weird Al does spoofs on yeah. songs, and he's great at it. He's great at it. And for you, how do you come up with an original funny song? Because it's one of those things where sometimes, where I find the stuff funny, you know, like some of Adam Sandler's right. funny songs crack me up. They're yeah. so juvenile, but they're just... If you want to put on a cassette and you just want to laugh at something stupid, right. you do it. How do you sit there and you come up, how do you come up with an idea for a funny song? Because then you also have to it's think. It's really of, hard. You to, well, you also have to think of the musical part Yeah, of it. it's
1: really hard. Now, and... do you
0: write the music too or just the lyrics?
1: Yeah, I wrote the music too. So
0: now, so you're musically inclined. So what instruments can you play?
1: Well, keyboards. Okay. I mean, I'm not really like, I won't sit there and like make the whole thing, but I can like, like the music, musicians I've worked for, I'll sing stuff, I'll play stuff. It's not like I'm sit there and like write the whole thing and there it is
0: but you have the whole idea I mean you have the whole score. I mean you you have how it's gonna sound just not the lyrics Well,
1: sort of I mean But I've written with people right, yeah, but, but yes, sometimes I do have it in my head so
0: How do you come up with that because it's it's one thing? I mean it's one thing to sit there and write a, a serious song when you write a comedy song, you have to sit there and I
1: know, cause you have to write in jokes
0: and you have to write in jokes and it's it has hard. to sit there where people are going to listen and th- then they're going to go, Oh, that's funny. Instead of listening to yeah. a song. I mean, how, I mean, you, well, how do you, you do, do there's that?
1: There's a pattern. Like you have to usually end on a joke. Like, you know what I mean? And the hook line has to be a fun thing to sing that the audience wants to sing, but you have to end like, like if there's four lines, like you have to end a verse with a joke. So there's a st- kind of a structure to it, um, but it's still really hard to think of comedy songs. Oh, yeah. And now I'm, I'm not really going to do that again, I don't think. Think of just in- comedy songs by themselves. Like last year and the year before, I did the Homecoming Queens Got a Gun as a musical, and we, we took 80 songs and we rewrote some of the lyrics to them, um, and it, it was really fun and really successful in this little club, and we took it up to Sketchfest. And so right now I'm writing Earth Girls Are Easy as a musical, but I'm that's having original songs.
0: So so for the Homecoming Queen's Gum has a gum a musical. Yeah. You have to sit there and you you sat there and said okay I'm gonna take this one song and I'm gonna write a backstory and make it a musical.
1: Yeah, we wrote we wrote an entire musical.
0: So how do people do people dig they it? They loved it. Because everyone knows the song, yeah, so they it's loved one of those it. things you're going that you know it's gonna be fun. I always say it's like me and my girlfriend went to Pantages to see Priscilla. Yeah. Queen of the Jungle. So fun, because yeah. the crowd was so gay, yeah. and that's what made it. I think we we're the only straight couple there, and that's what, probably
1: were. Right? And that's what
0: made it great, because they yeah. were so into it, and you watched it, and yeah. you're sitting there going, "Okay, this isn't like Oveta. This is something. They're having fun, right. and you know the guys who are the actors, who are all great actors, knew what the crowd was like, right. so they played to the crowd. That's like Homecoming Queen has a gun. Yeah. You know, you're going to go into something where. Even if you sat there and went, you know what I don't know if I was a fan of this you know you're gonna hear that song so I yes. mean I think, but so so were people just going crazy
1: for it yeah they were they were it was fantastic and and we really structured it. I work with this guy, Kirk Kohler who's fantastic and we structured it like a real play you know it's not just like here's some funny ideas so we really put a play together where there's you don't know what's gonna happen, there's character development the whole thing and people really liked it so, it was, fan- it was a blast.
0: It was a complete blast. What was it like the first night it opened? Because unlike TV and movies, yeah. you know, there's so much of production. Right. But this, it's your name. People know it. And basically, people are expecting something. Yeah. I mean, you're expecting yeah. something from your body of work. Right. You're saying, we want something that. Were you nervous? Like, the night before? Were you so sitting there? nervous. I mean, oh so, my I mean how do how did you deal with the nervousness?
1: I just went, I got to just make this work. I have to do, do it. I have to, like, perform this the way it's supposed to pre- perform. But it's really hard you're like, what if people hate it? Right. But I was performing at this place called the Cavern Club, which is very gay. So the crowd's very gay. And I performed there before. And I I know that the show would have a very gay appeal. So I had a feeling that it would be fine. And it was.
0: Now, once you stepped foot on stage, did you just know? Just... Yeah,
1: I did. I did. Because I also had like enough friends who were going to come opening night. So it was fantastic. And we've done it. How many times have we done it? Done it at that club three different times, and then we took it to Sketch Fest.
0: Now, why for something that? Why don't you do it longer? Is there a certain reason? It's just because your that schedule club or... is that
1: club. You know, they have things booked in there on the weekend. But
0: I mean, somewhere else. I mean, have you ever it, thought about? Yeah,
1: I have. I'm. What was happening is I was working, and Kurt was working, and you also have to have the money to mount a play. Okay. So, because they they don't cost nothing, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's just. So
1: um. We have thought about it. But then what happened was Kurt got on a show as a casting person. I started working on another show and we we were in the middle of writing Earth Girls and I think the next thing we're gonna focus on is Earth Girls.
0: And so that's gonna be the same collaboration. Yeah,
1: the same collaboration. And there's um there's somebody who wants to help us with financing when we first mount it. So we have more backup for that this one.
0: Okay. So now also now you've done a lot of T V writing too. Yes. Now how did You parlay into front of the camera, and you're still in front of the camera. Like I know, you know, the middle you make guest appearances on and stuff. But how? What was your first TV writing job, and was it was it hard for the fact that people say I know I know comics who have come on and they say they're used to you know performing, and then they all of a sudden have to sit in a writers room and they go it's something so different. What made you want to branch into that, and what was your first job? I don't
1: really like sitting in a writing writing room. Actually, I really kind of don't like it. Um, my best jobs have been where I was either went off to write something. Or where I could be a consultant, like on Melissa and Joey, I was a consultant, which means I only came in two half days a week. Okay. And on Clueless, the TV show, I did that.
0: But you were also in that?
1: Yeah, I was in it. Yeah.
0: So what was that like?
1: That was a really fun show. I liked that show a lot. I liked it. The showrunners were really sweet. And the fact that I only had to show up for these brief periods of time, and I played this character that was fun that people liked, the lesbian gym teacher. That show was a blast, and it was a great show when my son was little. It was a great job for um, a mom, because I didn't have to be somewhere all the time.
0: But you know, you were you were starring in it, and you were writing on it. Yeah. So how did that split your day? Because I oh, know. Oh,
1: because when I would, you know, what they would have me come in. Like if I write on it, I would only come in like say one day, or maybe two days a week. So if I was going to act, they would schedule me for, you know, if I came in on Monday and Tuesday, they'd schedule me for a Friday. So they just figured it out.
0: Now, when you say you're a consultant. Yeah. What, do, I mean, because I know people who are executive producers, I know people who are story editors, yeah. all the different things. What does a consultant, or do you come in to punch it up? or Yeah, what? you come
1: in to punch it up, essentially. You're, you're
0: like, you have the script, they send it
1: to you. That's what I did on Melissa and Joey.
0: Now, how did they find you? Did they know of your work, or how did you know, they come up?
1: it's really weird. Um, Clueless found me because I was on the movie. So Amy Heckerling, when the TV show got ordered, she called me and said, would you come in and do this, and I'm like, yeah. See, it sounds fun, and I wrote about eight or nine episodes by myself.
0: Okay, so now once again, writing an episode by yourself—that must be very scary, because it's—it was it's 44 pages of double space yeah, with it a was thing, very scary. which screenplay and TV right. is and so different. And
1: that was the first when I—I'd worked with Charlie uh, up until that point. Okay. Like we'd written everything, and the, at that point, he stopped wanting to do work. And Amy was really just hiring me, so I had to go. I'm gonna learn how to write by myself.
0: Which, how did you do that? Because it's something that it's completely different. Because there's completely different. There, but you, the downtime. Yeah. When there's downtime, when you're by yourself, right. It's downtime. When there's downtime with a partner, you can talk you're laughing and a banter. You
1: know what it was? It was that I had written so much with him that I kind of basically knew how to write, and I had to sort of fill in the blanks. Like that. I'm so used. to a partner, like giving you feedback or laughing or something you kind of go, just you sort of test it in your own mind. I just had to learn how to do it. Like, you think of a joke and you're like, is that funny? And you maybe think about it for a minute and you're like, yeah, and then you maybe reword it. And then you, just the confidence that I got by having written with him so much, it eventually translated into writing by myself.
0: Now what's it like though, when you write it for your, by yourself and you write yeah. the whole script, and finally you write the first one by yourself, and you're proud because yeah. it's a big yeah. accomplishment. And then you go into the, you take it to the writer's room and people start tweaking stuff. Does, did that bother you at all?
1: You know what? No, because I know that's the process. Okay. You kind of just, I mean, yeah, there's moments where that bothers you, you know, like, like I'm a listen, Joey, there's moments when you write something and it bothers you when they're taking it apart. Uh, but you have to just go, that's what this process is. That's just the way it is. But it still will bother you. Um, you just have to get over it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just want to that's it.
1: the job, and that's what you're you're kind of being paid for. Right? But it
0: still hurts. Yeah, it still it's like it's it like does. I remember I I had a guest on someone this when I first started out and someone was like oh we love the episode but god we wish that host would shut up and I yes. go well, without the host shutting up how, I I yeah. wouldn't be able to talk to anybody exactly and you feel bad because even how many someone good, said that about you yeah that's and how mean. many how many good compliments you get. Is great, but it's always that one
1: yeah, that yeah. makes you
0: feel bad. Terrible,
1: I know. You just have to go past that.
0: Now, as you're writing, you're still going out and acting. Yeah. And now, does it? Do you ever have conflicts where you sit there and go, "You have to write, but there's an acting gig you want to do," and you? Well,
1: you, you know, I kind of mostly figured it out. Like, well, how, you yeah, figure people. It out? Well, because mostly people are nice about it. Like, there was a point when I was working on Melissa and Joey. And I got offered a guest star part on Big Time Rush. You remember Big Time Rush? Yeah. Um, And then the people on Melissa and Joey, they're like, well, why don't you just work on the mail your jokes in, like email the jokes in. So I emailed the jokes in while I'm working on Big Time Rush. You know what I mean? They were really cool about it. And sometimes you have to give stuff up. But in general, you can sort of do it. I mean, if the people are cool.
0: Now, Big Time Rush, you're on that. And it's funny because my... uh my nephew my girlfriend's nephew was yeah. a fan and my friend Laz uh Sarah was one of those
1: i know Laz really well
0: i was in oh,
1: you know i just worked with him on a hundred things to do before high school okay
0: well i was i was one of the co-stars in killer drag queens on dope his oh movie gosh. he wrote and directed about know 10 about years that. ago he's
1: got to tell me about it was that. alexis
0: Sarquette was in it and freddie boom boom washington and a Great improv guy named Mark Beltzman uh-huh. Out of Chicago And me and Mark were partners Anthony and Tony yeah. And Laz, yeah But Laz but Laz was great Because I told him I didn't talk to him for a while And I told him my uh, nephew Was a big time Rush fan And he got an autographed picture of him And oh, a yeah. t-shirt And I said, this is cool That's really great Now, that must be, after you are in that show Kids must have started recognizing you I mean, even at a guest spot Kids You know, they didn't from Really? Because kids, no. kids Kids not recognize... as good
1: as recognizing Because, like, I've been on um, Other Disney shows And I'm in Camp Rock Which I wrote you know camp rock
0: now how did you write for i mean how did your your writing is so much different you know you go from earth girls you know that and then you do the medusa you write that yeah and then camp rock is for kids yeah how do you sit there as a writer and do, sit there and go it's all different it's all different fields i mean it's even melissa and joey you're writing for two adults yeah yeah So camp rock how did you how did that come how did that camp job rock, come about and how did you
1: well camp rock happened that? is that um My brother and I knew a producer who was working on it, and he just came to us and had a feeling that we could write it. It was sort of like that. They pitched us the idea. Somebody else had tried to write it and not done a good job, so they pitched us the idea, and I thought about it, you know, and I thought that it would have to be sort of a Cinderella story. So we pitched it back to them, what to do with it, and they said, yeah, go ahead and write it. But, you know, the funny thing is the final version of Camp Rock is not, it's the story we wrote, but, like, we had a lot more jokes in it. Okay. So, you know, Disney, they're not as, I mean, we just, I would write more jokes than they would probably, than I think, they, they had the girls who came in to rewrite it, which was kind of painful, I got to admit. They took Why the was jokes out. Just because because they took the jokes out, and they changed was... the character names, and but they didn't change much else. So it's like, in a way, they watered it down, kind so of. So it's
0: your product, but yeah. it's like when you were younger and you would take vodka out of the, the liquor cabinet and put water in yes, it that's and how put it back. Felt. And that's probably, yeah, so that's that's gotta be hard. But it, once again, it's the, It it's, got
1: made and people loved it. And, you know, like it, the audience that saw it really liked it. So you have to kind of make peace with that. Even Earth Girls Are Easy, like I was really upset when it was being made because it was not, there's a lot of things that weren't like I saw it. But you have to just go... Oh, that's what happens, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something. Yeah, you you can't, you can't do anything about that's the Hollywood system. Right. But then again, now you're part of a cult classic because that is considered a cult classic.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple things like Clueless. I mean, a couple cult classics.
0: I'm guessing you must get the biggest. uh, I'm trying to think. Scan, not scan. uh, Variants of people who recognize you because you have done so many different things and yeah. so many different genres. What are some of the weirdest things like have you ever just got some like really bizarre fan I mean you must get some bizarre yeah, there's fans been bizarre fans. like people who think they're aliens. Has that ever happened to you? No, 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 Because I, mean, no. I could see someone. Going, yeah,
1: oh, you know, maybe they- no, no, that doesn't happen but um, but you know what's funny is kids don't recognize you as much because I Think you have to really be in their face and you have to look the way you look on TV. Okay They're not good at like if you look different right
0: well, I mean, yeah, it's like anything. Well, because kid, okay, but the thing is, those people who are in those Disney shows, they get swamped. Yeah, I mean, they get it's swamped. like David Higgins, who was in Big Time Rush, said like yeah. he was like the the rock star at his yeah. school because his all his, his kids classmates watched right. it. So, what are some weird things that happened to you though? Have you got Have you got any good perks for uh, like good free stuff, like any good flights oh, or anything?
1: Well, yeah, well, people if they recognize you, they'll um, they'll give you better seats somewhere. They'll Give you drinks. They'll give you. They've given you dinner. They'll give you gift bags. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even remember because it does happen. You know, I mean, along the way, uh, since I've been working since the '80s, like along the way, people will just give you stuff because they recognize you. How is so it kind of? It's kind of great. Oh yeah,
0: has to be great. It's yeah. Like,
1: and now has, has, especially the gays. The gays are the best.
0: Why do you think you're so big with the the gay I, crowd? I don't Cause know. I, I know I was reading some research on you, and it said. You, when you first started doing you know, comedy, yeah. you were very popular with the gay crowd, yeah, and yeah. Homecoming Queen was very popular right. with. Why do you think that? And I think they're I, they're like Star Trek fans. They're so loyal and they're so, so loyal devout
1: and so sweet. Um, I think that the my sense of humor because it's it's you know like I'm doing female characters who are bigger than life. You know what I mean? Right. They're exaggerated, and I think they like that, identify with that, and I mean there's been so many drag queens who've used my material. Like my songs and stuff over the years, I hear that about that great. constantly. It's fantastic, um, and they'll write to you, and and you know, this is before drag queens were drag queens, you know, right. before it, you know a thing when it was just like.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one. I mean, it's no just become popular it. now, but before yeah. it was like what everyone's like what the hell? Yeah, no drag queens.
1: Yeah, I know. So, um, it's kind of fantastic. I mean, I think a lot of things about, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of things in my career have been. Really great. You know, you ca- you think back on stuff you wish would've happened, but there's also a lot of great things that have happened. So I don't have that many regrets and I got to be a mom. So I guess if I had decided not to be a mom, I probably would have accomplished a lot more stuff. But you're a but mom. I would have not gotten to be a mom. That would have been the worst.
0: Now, have any celebrities like come up and said to you, Oh, we're a fan, like have you ever gotten that and if you sat there, but but you sat there and would walk away going,
1: Holy yes, crap, that such, happened. And such a, such a such. Van Halen did that in Whole Foods before?
0: So what, you're just at whole. See, that's what I love. This yeah. people. This is why LA is great. Yeah. You got Julie Brown and Eddie Van Halen walking around in Whole yeah, Foods. Yeah. My buddy used to be a manager at the Studio City uh, Rouse, and he said Eddie used to always go there.
1: Yeah, he's really and sweet. He'd
0: hang out, and he said he was the nicest guy. Nicest guy in with the world. Smoked, yeah, smoked nicest cigarette. guy in the world. So so wait. So you're, you're at Whole. You're just yeah. at Whole Foods, minding your own business. Yeah. And then Eddie Halen. I, I want to hear this story.
1: Well, he comes up to me. He's like, "Oh, you're Julie Brown, right? And I'm like, "Yeah. He goes, "Oh, I love you. My wife loves you. You know, when he's with Valerie. So how remember, cool is that? It was so cool. It was so cool.
0: See, that's so, what, when you think back to the Earth Girls, the easy yeah. crap we went through, this oh, stuff makes so it worth it. Oh, there's so many great things
1: that happened. What,
0: what are some great things that have happened? Because you have such a God, wide fan like base. It's hard
1: to remember everything great that's happened.
0: Just a few things, because I want to hear this. I love stories like
1: this. Oh, my God. Well, it's, it's, I'm I'm trying to, it's like, I'm trying to even remember a specific thing that happens. Um... You'd have to kind of give me more of a, like a.
0: Another celebrity that came up and said, man, we're a fan of your work. I mean, oh. you just went, holy crap.
1: Well, China Phillips invited me to her birthday party because I had on the edge made fun of the, um, Wilson Phillips. Okay. And, and it was so shocking to me because I mean, I played Carney in this fat suit and I thought <laughs> like, why would they be friends with me? And yet she invited me to, and then I saw Carney at a whole other thing and she was totally great too. So the I haven't had that thing where I've had people get mad at me.
0: Cause you're nice.
1: I think I, I think I'm somehow nice, but they they know I don't really mean it. Yeah, well you I look, haven't had people get mad at me. You
0: look like someone who's not a mean person.
1: I guess that's it. And so I haven't because like Kathy Griffin, who I think is brilliant, has I got people really mad at her. Right. Right.
0: You know. Oh yeah, people always get mad. and I think she's hysterical.
1: I think she's fantastic, but I'm like, why? Even Delta Burke, like I in the in the pilot for The Edge, I played Delta Burke as kind of like uh, Godzilla destroying a city because she was so huge. And then later, she had me in for a pilot that she was doing where she was starring in it. And they she took me to the network as her best friend. And I'm like, this is insane because I did this most horrible sketch where I was playing her.
0: Well, I think it's a lot of times people can laugh themselves. Uh-huh. Like I'm legally blind of an eye, so I have a lazy eye. Okay. at times, and when I was younger, it bothered me. Right. But now, when I occasionally do stand-up, I make fun of it, I don't care, because right. it's like, like, it's whatever, like if cares. someone makes fun of it, I go, well, if someone's making fun of it, in a good way,
1: yeah.
0: A- in a funny way, yeah. I'm fine, but if someone just did a stupid joke, like, yeah. you did a professional, you made fun of Delta Burke, but in a very professional way, where if I was someone, if someone said something like that about me, I'd be like, well, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And that's what it is.
1: Yeah, I know. But I st- you still are shocked at right. times that, like, you know, <laughs> she didn't, like, when I walked in the room the first time to read for her, that she wasn't just horrified. She was really cool about it.
0: Now, now you're also, you, you're on the middle. Yeah. Now, how did that come about?
1: That that was just came about, honestly, they just had me come in and read for them.
0: And did they know of you? And they yeah, just...
1: they knew about me, but I think they, I'm not sure why they picked me because they had the smallest little sides. It was so funny. You know, the sides are just right. the, what you're supposed to read. It was so small. It was like two lines, and their printer wasn't working. So I go, you know what? I'll just memorize it. So I didn't. I walked in without anything, and I just did the lines because I memorized them. Then I got the part. So it was weird because I've been back about eight times, you know, and they're going to do this season, this com- upcoming season, and I don't think I'm doing it again. It just sort of, it was like you, you still have to go in and read for things. I don't know, I mean, I know that ends at some point, like, you know, Meryl Streep's never reading for anything, but there's, I was just listening to John Cryer's book on tape, and he's always had to read for things, up until probably two and a half men.
0: Well, it's funny, because he was such a, you know, he had, the fabulous Teddy Z. He, yeah, all no, he had shows all kinds of stuff. And nothing went. I know. And that's, a, once again, a guy who's out there and his movies, you know. Yeah, uh, and
1: he's awesome.
0: One small affair yeah. or whatever with him and Demi Moore yeah, and all these yeah. different movies and Ducky. I mean, yeah. he's part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Any, anyone who's in a big part in a John Hughes movie is part of pop culture. Right, exactly. And, and now, I mean, it's come to a point where... Uh, college kids some colleges teach a class the movies of john hughes oh that's amazing it's pop culture yeah and it's just like that it's like he had to read for stuff until now but now i guess i don't think he'll probably work again because he has so much damn money he's probably like no yeah
1: well also like there there isn't he wouldn't have to read again oh no of course but up until two and a half men he did he did have to uh read for things so that's a weird thing i think people think actors are just like that there's this point where you're just just automatically, you know, like given parts. Right.
0: Now, now you're right. You're working on the the musical. Yeah. Now, are you working on any other projects?
1: Well, I was working on a 100 Things to Do Before High School, which Laz, your good friend, is working on. And I ended up leaving it just because I had so much stuff going on. But I might go back to do a consulting thing on that. So
0: you were helping write that?
1: I, yeah, I wrote several episodes. And that
0: show is, I'm not familiar with that show.
1: Uh, it's a brand new Nickelodeon show. Okay. It's so adorable written by created by the guy who did um big time rush
0: and okay and
1: laz is co-executive producer all right and i was supervising producer so and i wrote a couple episodes and i also played the art teacher so i acted on it but it's going to come back and i i'm probably going to do more the consulting thing because i was too busy
0: now what do you like the most uh, do you oh, like All
1: those things I think performing
0: Okay, Is that Now would you ever Start doing a stand up act again Or is that something You, you know
1: I did it Even a few years ago But I find it really stressful Okay Don't you Well I mean I
0: Well now Because I just When I do it I don't really do it that much But like when I was In a long distance uh-huh. relationship I would go back east. I would do 30 minute sets And it was great Because it was like Back in my hometown I've right. been there for a long time And it was just I would just riff on the crowd And just talk about the area So to me it was never stressful care. Yeah and, But I mean I think for stand-up, well, first of all, also, once again, you're a name. So when you're a name, there's two reactions. One, yeah. you go on stage. Yeah. They automatically up. Two, they go, well.
1: What you going to do? What, yeah. yeah, what are you going to do? And so and I, you got to do things they want you right,
0: to do. Right, so you would have to do something musical. Even yeah. though if you don't want to. And if yeah. you didn't, you'd be like. They'd be mad. They'd be pissed at you. And you're like, well, I'm just.
1: Yeah, so a. there's an expectation. And I was, there was one year I spent flying around, going to different places and doing it. And by the end of that year, I was like, this is too stressful. I, I find it too stressful. Like, all the elements, like flying in, who's picking you up at the airport, what hotel are you staying at, what lunatic is driving you from the airport. Like, one time I, um, I had this guy pick me up in San Francisco, these two guys, and he was so excited to see me that he nearly crashed on the freeway. And I'm like, like I mean, and that, that's actually happened a couple times where they're turning around looking at you and I'm like, I, this is not, I'm not into this. You know, and then you don't, like, you go into this room, you're not, you don't know what the room's like. There's so many variables. You don't
0: know how many people are going to be there, are there going to be people there, are they going to be drunk, are they not going to be drunk, are they, that's exactly. the Exactly, there's
1: so many variables, and I went, I don't think it's worth
0: it. We just have a few minutes left. Okay. And what would you like to talk about for two minutes? Tell what's, what, what is going to, what do you want to, what do you want to do in the next few years?
1: Oh my God, well, I want to do Earth Girls Are Easy. Right. Which, you know, I think that people don't realize how much work goes into a musical, It's kind of insane, you know. Like um, I've I've been writing the music. We kind of got. We have a a basic draft of this of the of the play. Uh, Kurt and I wrote it. We finished it the other day. So now I have to really do the music, and we have about four or five songs. But I want to do that music, and I think it's going to be a lot of work. And so I want to put that together. Um, I'm not sure what other things I want to do. I'm actually really just figuring that out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's
0: that's your main. Yeah, right that's now. my
1: main goal right now. Um, I thought for a while that I wanted to maybe create a TV show, but now I think I don't. Why? Because it's too hard. It's just like, it's another thing people don't realize. If you are working on a TV show, like if you're one of the creative forces, you have no other life, basically. Um, most of the time. I mean, sometimes it works out that you do on certain shows, but a lot of times there's not much else that you get to do. It depends on the showrunner, you know? So the couple times when I've had a show that I created and I ran it, I had I ended up with no life like 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 no life right
0: cuz everything's dependent yes. yeah and
1: I'm like I don't think at this point I want to do that again I I don't want to be that caught up in something you know right. like that's that's so sucks all your energy so and I want to do some more live performing but I have to figure out what's gonna, what it's going to be you know I'm kind of really attracted to live performing right now okay because uh- movies and TV are amazing but they're um they're so consuming
0: how about a one woman show
1: yeah maybe something like that you should do that yeah that's what i might do but you know what i'm saying like movies and tv like once you're doing them your the days are like you know 14 hour days and and i've done it so many times in my life i'm like it just sounds really exhausting right now right i mean i'd like to be an actor on something if somebody has me come in and be in it but to create it i don't think so
0: and now what's the next room you're going to paint
1: Oh, uh, it might be the entrance hallway.
0: And what's it going to be? Do you know? Any I don't know. Any yet. ideas? I'm looking how at how are, you gonna find, are you going to find I'm looking art at book?
1: art books so I can do my cover painting, which I think that's really funny that you said that. So, um, I don't know. I might be another Van Gogh. I'm pretty obsessed with Van Gogh. Okay. I love Van Gogh. But, you know, I'm looking at art books right now.
0: Well, I want to thank you for coming on. This oh, was fun. Oh, thank you. Thank and you so much. I know her Twitter is uh, at Miss Julie Brown. Mm-hmm. You got to yep. start tweeting more because you're very funny.
1: Oh, thank you. I know. I kind of stopped for You got to tweet because people know. like to
0: follow tweeting. They okay, like to see I tweeting. will.
1: I will do that. I stopped for a little bit. I just, you know.
0: And your website is?
1: Uh, JulieBrown.com.
0: And you have a lot of good stuff. It's a, a, lot very, of- a nice, vibrant website. It's not Thank like you. a it's not like a boring website. You Thank go you in you and it so says much. happiness, because I always look through and I said this yeah. is a happy website. Thank you. So people, follow her on Twitter, please, and follow her, and go rent her movies. Just IMDB her. Julie Brown. And if you Google it, it's Julie Brown actress. Put that because you, you, then you'll go straight to all her right, work. Right, Because there's a bunch of stuff. I'm looking at it right now. There's Julie Brown IMDb, her website. So check her out, people. And also follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. You know the thing, at Cooper Talk. I tweet all the time. Go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 380 episodes up there. Where you can also send wow. me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net. Or if you go to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Cooper Talk One Word and you can listen to that. Also, my other website, stopthesalt.com. As you know, it was actually it was three years ago when I got out of the hospital with my little heart problem. I'm much better now go i have a, a low sodium cookbook it's 120 recipes all easy to make there's no pictures to intimidate you because every guy looks at are mostly for guys who can't cook you look at a picture you get worried and you can't cook it you look at the ingredients there's basic ingredients there's no cumin there's no timer in. there's nothing that you won't know okay there's basic ingredients and everything is laid out for you and you got to buy that but you can go to amazon.com and buy it but if you go to my website stopthesalt.com i make more money and i'll even sign it for you so check that out and please Follow Miss Julie Brown on Twitter because she's going to start tweeting more and follow me at yes, Cooper Talk. Good. And email Cooper at coopertalk.net. Don't forget, I'm Steve Cooper. Remember, eat your vegetables, drink your water, take your vitamins. I'm only as him as my guests. You have a guys. Have a great day.